Welcome to the VRV Podcast, where we highlight different better-known businesses and nonprofits. All right, everybody, it's Justin here with the VRV, and today I've got another awesome VRV member on with us today. I got Anthony on, coming out of Jersey with Tactics to Toys. So, Anthony, brother, it's great to have you on the podcast. Please tell us a bit about yourself, brother, and your military service. Uh, it's good to be on. It's good to be a part of a uh, VRV family. Thanks, man. Uh, let's see, military service. Um, <laughs> 28 years and ago, actually, geez, you know, on the 22nd on the 22nd of May in 1991, I landed at Fort McClellan, Alabama, for basic training. Wow, that's crazy. So we're coming on my uh, 29th, 29th anniversary, uh, starting my 29th or 30th year, depending on how you look at it, in the Army. <laughs> at, what, at what time did the years go into a blur? <laughs> uh, from, from basic training, right at the basic training to about 2000 is kind of a, a wash because, you know, I told everyone that's, you know, my first unit was a hospital unit and I was a private and I just, they would, it was a reserve unit. And I was going to college in North Jersey, so I'd take a train, a bus, and a couple of subways out to Fort Hamilton in Brooklyn to sit on a bench in the drill hall and only be looked for with the other privates when the latrines needed to be swabbed and the drill hall needed to be swept. And I'm like, I need to get out of here. So I requested a transfer after drill number two. And said, where do you want to go? I said, I want to go to an infantry unit. I wanted to be an infantryman. And they, they said, no, you could be an accountant, a medic, or a cook. I was like, well, what's going to get me on the front lines? He said, a medic. I'm like, okay, I'll do that. Uh, and he goes, you want to leave here to go to a, an infantry unit? So transfer happened in a month. I go to an infantry unit, and I they're like, you need a ruck. You need this. You need that. So I get all this stuff on, and I'm drawing out a, uh, um, what do you call it, a 45, because mm-hmm. they still had the Colt 45s in the ar- yeah. arsenal back then. And they're like, hey, you're a new medic. Where are you coming from? I said, a hospital unit. It said, you left a hospital unit to come here? <laughs> I'm like, oh, geez. But I never looked back. I loved it. Yeah. Uh, you know, the couple years I was in the infantry, uh, I was, was a medic with scouts, a battery unit or a line unit, a, uh, a four-deuce mortar team, which was great because you didn't walk anywhere. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I did a, a counter-drug task force, uh, which was a joint operation. They call it JTF North. Uh, an affiliation in Southern California with uh, the Sheriff's Department, DEA, and a couple other military organizations, and then uh, an NTC rotation, and then the combat and combat arms all migrated to the National Guard units, and all combat service support and support elements went to the reserves. Well, when that announcement happened, and my unit cased its colors. It was a 157 Semped Infantry Brigade, one of the only SIBs in the country. Hmm. It was like turning the lights on during a cockroach, cockroach infestation. <laughs> Everybody scattered, transferred. All, all us who didn't know shit from Shinola about the Army Reserve or the Army, how it worked, yeah. were just left figuring out. And all of a sudden, I get a piece of paper in the mail saying I got demoted and unsatted <gasps> into the IRR. I'm like, what? It took me this long to become a private first class. And now I'm a, or a specialist. Now I'm an E3 again. Wow. So, you know, I, I figure, all right, I guess that's it for me. Yeah. Uh, I was in the enlisted writers there for a couple of years. And then uh, a handful of us went to go see my buddy, Chris, 
graduate. He's a guy I grew up with. We've known each other since the third grade, still friends today. Yeah. Um, watch him graduate basic training at Fort Knox and watching all the platoons marching, the companies, the cadence calling and all that. I got home about 24 hours later. I was on the phone with a recruiter. And uh, I came back in. I got stuck in a drill sergeant unit, which was cool. Yeah. Uh, but they wanted to make me a clerk typist. That was an MOS at the time. And I'm like, uh, no. So when my contract ended, um, instead of re-enlisting there, I re-enlisted in the Gu National Guard, the New Jersey National Guard. Okay. Uh, in an artillery unit. And hmm. was a, a medic in a gun battery. So I was there for two years. And now we're up to 2000. So my buddy, the one I saw graduate basic training um, in 95, in five years, he was already chasing that uh, rocker for E6. Okay. So he calls me down to his house. I'm still an E4, mind you, because I yeah. got my rank back. Yeah. So now from 91 to 2000, I've only made it up to E4. <laughs> so I was a bit of a bonehead, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, he calls me down to his house. I drive down, and it, the whole thing was a setup from the thing. Now, he tells it a lot different than I do. My ways <laughs> happened. And uh, he sits me down and goes, uh, you know, we want to talk shop, Army? I said, yeah. Now, that must have been a cue because his girlfriend grabbed us a couple of beers and we said goodnight. She went to bed. Huh. So I'm drinking a beer. He goes, Aunt, I don't know how to tell you this, so I'm going to tell it to you directly. You have fucked up your military career. <laughs> And there was that pause. I took a drink of my beer. It was a yangling. I remember that so much. Yeah. I'm like, and, I, and then I said, okay. He goes, it's not too late. We can fix this. And he gave me a phone number. And he goes, call this number. Tell them you want to come into the unit. Interview. If they offer you a position, any position, take it. And then tell them you want to hear about Kosovo, the mission. Okay. So, um, July interview, I got accepted, took the position. August was my first drill. Uh, and I had no idea what was going on. I didn't know what to expect. And then January 2001, I'm on a plane going to Kosovo. Mm -hmm. Still in E4. Yeah. Uh, and doing uh, the civil affairs mission. It was a civil affairs unit, 404 Civil Affairs Battalion. And um, I fell in love with yeah. it uh the mission is fantastic you know the the groundwork we laid in 2000 took part of rewriting the map of eastern europe because okay. this the tracks we laid and our predecessors took over yeah. uh gave way to the independence of a new nation of kosovo yeah. i was sold yeah. um came back in kosovo and got done off mission in august a couple weeks later uh the towers came down in mm -hmm. new york mm-hmm I worked there as a civilian with a civil volunteer rescue squad uh, for a couple of days and then got released back. And, you know, my civilian job was really cool about it. They're just, you know, just come back when you're ready. And uh, I resumed my normal life. 2003, I went to Iraq. Uh, January 2003, I got promoted to sergeant. So, finally, <laughs> yeah, I did something right. Uh, I did 14 months of Iraq. It was good. I got a little hearing loss from it. Um, mm -hmm. uh, actually, a lot of hearing loss from it. Uh, <laughs> I had a great experience. We lived in a safe house with uh, 30 guys and uh, 100 Peshmerga as a security oh, force. Wow. Yeah. Uh, 
kind of writing our own missions. Uh, right. It was the beginning of the war, so there was no real coordination between all the brigade right. combat teams set up like independent fiefdoms all over the place. Yeah. Uh, so we we were just in an, we were in a relatively reasonable area. You know, mm-hmm. it wasn't we weren't getting IED'd regularly. Nobody was throwing grenades over the wall or snipe shots at us. Yeah. Um, we had the CIA guys uh, up the road from us. They would call us on missions to help them with um, either the, the unmarked planes landing at this mystery airport mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, these armored vehicles or pallets of cash coming out of it mm-hmm. uh, or, you know, set up a random checkpoint on a road for a snatch and grab. Yeah. You know, and other than that, you know, we go out in the daytime, we shake hands, kiss babies, try and re- yeah. do the stability ops. Right. Uh, and rebuild the country. Yeah. And Kurds, uh, I feel bad. We, we left them down now three times. Uh, and I just hope the guys I've worked with, they're all, because some of them, these guys, like 20-something years old, couldn't read, couldn't write. Yeah. They can kill yeah. with the best of them, though. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah, it's funny. I actually just, uh, my interpreter from, from over there actually just contacted me not too long ago. But it's, um, you know, you always you always worry. You always worry leaving everybody over there. There's, um, there's a little store here that was uh, a Middle Eastern um type market slash restaurant we went in it going to find out the dude was from baghdad and oh. i was like really so and um you know we started talking and he about broke down into tears about everything because there's you know there's everybody's got their views on the war and this yes. and that and uh like kuwait i never really understood um the well the first gulf war i never really fully understood that until i actually went to kuwait i won't call it a deployment but, you know, walking on the streets of Kuwait and seeing people come up to you and shake their hands, seeing the, I don't know if you've been to Kuwait, but they got a, I have never sold it outside of the military bases in Kuwait. Oh, yeah. yeah it, was, it was always, um, it was, it was always like a stepping stone to the whore's doorway, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It was, dude, do you know what was crazy about Kuwait? Like Kuwait was, it was really, really cool. But of course, you know, we're convoying out, doing our thing and then coming back and, and, um, you know, of course we're getting our our briefings every time we have to go out and the big guy that they were looking for that was had a huge presence was Osama bin Laden. And yeah. at that time, nobody really knew that name, but military wise, we all knew that name. And then fast forward to when nine 11 happened. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden that name came up. I'm like, where the hell do I know that name from? I was like, Oh shit. That was the dude when we were down in Kuwait, you know? So it was, um, it was kind of crazy, but yeah, Kuwait was, um, it's it's you know different perspectives of the war until we are actually boots on the ground and, and you you um you see some different things and talking to the locals and you know you always worry about them that are left so sorry yeah. I totally ruined that's your all right no so I got back uh, in two thousand you know two thousand four uh, hmm. I put in a, an early packet and got picked up for E six or okay. so pinned on staff sergeant uh, which was. Interesting, because up in that time, you know, I was competing against people who've been in a while and have actually done great things. My first, the first medal for, my first pat on the back I ever got, uh, as far as medals and re- awards went, is a bronze star for our right. so I'm like, all right. So yeah. I had, you know, the little lifesaver role in the National Defense <laughs> Service ribbon, the GWAT, and then the bronze star. I'm like, not bad. <laughs> Hold on one second. And you got, you got to do that upstairs. And, oh, okay. All right. And if you can't watch on the first floor, go up to the bedroom. I can't even hear Anthony. I I can't even hear at all. So 
Uh, well, no, I, I hear it. It's, oh, okay. I, once, yeah. once too many too many conversations go along, you get mixed. So, uh, in August '04, uh, I'm I volunteer to go to uh, Chad or Niger for 45 days. I forget which one it was, and uh, I had been given a soldier, so I'm actually in charge of a person. Yeah. And he's like, "Oh, come on this mission with me." So I get this ma- crazy master sergeant comes up to me uh, next battle assembly. He goes, um, and he's an old Green Beret, long tabber, ranger, ranger instructor. Yeah. So he's got the he's got all the lickies and chewies that say this guy knows some his shit. Yeah. He goes, um, he goes, I see you volunteered for this mission in Niger. I'm like, I did. He goes, um, he goes, your skill set would be a little bit would be as a medic would be better here. Would you consider jumping on this mission? I'm like, yeah, all right, why not? He didn't tell me it was uh, a nine-month mission, not a, you know, because mm. I had volunteered to go 45 days. Yeah. This was a full deployment. Yeah. So, you know, I said, yes, sign my name, and I wasn't backing out. Uh, yeah. It was uh, to Djibouti in Africa. Huh. Uh, so I went to East Africa for a, almost a year. Wow. Uh, it, was, it was a Marine-run operation, uh, living in Tent City. Mm-hmm. Uh, thousand degrees all the time. You know, there's the hot season, the very hot season. Right. But uh, I got to see a lot of countries. I got to run missions in ten different countries, yeah. doing medical and veterinary work. Yeah. And I got to go across to Yemen a couple of times. Oh, that's cool. So it was man. fantastic. Yeah. So I got a lot ticked on. Uh, we were cross leveled to active duty civil affairs for that one. Uh, so we were the functional specialty element. Uh, we came back, had a told a lot of great stories, took a lot of pictures. Um, then, uh, my unit put me on orders for two years running, uh, family programs in order to keep me at the battalion and not just flying all over the globe. Yeah. Uh, so I started a master's degree since a 10 year resignation, my civilian job, bought a house by the base Yeah. and started a master's degree. Two years later, I got a master's degree and get married, baby on the way, trying to sell a house, buy a house. <laughs> And go to Afghanistan all at the same time. <laughs> so January or 2010, I think it was. No, 2000, uh, I think 910. Uh, 2009, I got married. 2010, I left for Afghanistan. Uh, my son was born in October. Mm. From like February to or March to June, my family was living in an extent, a real estate deal went awry. It's a whole other story in itself. My <laughs> wife. Pregnant with my son in grad school herself, living um, in an extended stay hotel with my stepdaughter and the uh, dog while she was working, going to grad school, and my stepdaughter still had to go to school. Wow. So there was a whole lot of moving parts in there. Uh, the day I was actually flying out to go to Afghanistan, uh, my wife was signing paperwork to buy the house where we're sitting in now. Mm-hmm. So go to Afghanistan, uh, Red Cross message, I come home, I see the baby born. Uh, 19-hour flight from Qatar. It was great. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> quite good. I, I I watched, like, all three Lord of the Rings, Jaws, the A-Team. <laughs> yeah. It was a straight flight from, to D.C. Yeah. Holy crap. And at the time, I couldn't fall asleep on a plane. So, yeah. Uh, you know, the little um, little Indonesian guest workers or whatever they were come, coming in with the little pillbox hats, you know, like, mm. like it was the 50s. I'm like, excuse me is there any booze on the plane? She's like, I think we have some in the back. I'm like, can I get a scotch and club soda? 
because uh, I figure, you know, we're leaving out of Qatar. It's, you know, predominantly Muslims on the flight, I'm assuming, except yeah. for the few military. So there may not be any alcohol. Right. It took her like 30 minutes to find it, bring it back to me. I'm like, look, if you're coming back here again, always assume I want another. <laughs> so, you know, and I went back to Afghanistan and finished out my tour, came back uh, March 2011. Yeah. And uh, so everything was good. Uh, by this time, I was a first sergeant. So I made my way to master sergeant. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. Somehow that happened. Yeah. And uh, I... You know, we we're having a big old barbecue in the back, and the company commander at the time said, hey, you want to be the first sergeant for the headquarters company? I, I was like, yes, sir, I do. He's like, all right, you're it. You got the job. Wow. That was the extent of that interview. <laughs> then um, in 2013, we got a 90-day notice to spin up a company to go to Africa again. Really? And there was a first sergeant position on it, and they're like, you got to go. I'm like, all right, I'll go. Yeah. Uh, then I came back and told the wife, and she's like, um, "Can we get something? Can we get a new kitchen out of the deal?" Like, uh, maybe I don't know. <laughs> so uh, I went to Africa in 2013, um, and by that time, I'd become more of a babysitting action rather than really, because uh -huh. uh, you know, their the officers had their place to drink, the Navy chiefs had the senior area where they can drink, and then there was the place. So you're getting combat pay. But you can wear civilian clothes and drink alcohol. Wow. That's not a bad gig. But the one thing I never understood is the the general all ranks area, you're only allowed two beers a night. Right. right. And the officers is on the, the officer side is on the honor system. Ah, that, that new lieutenant <laughs> and that private are the same age. Yeah. Yeah. So guess who you find in their underwear? Passed out on a Gator or Polaris on the running trail somewhere. Not the private. Because the private battle buddies watch out for them. They don't do stupid shit like that. And then it was also in Africa where uh, the idea of... Because leaving for Africa this time was hard. Deployments used to be very easy. Drop the hat. Right. Uh, Ghana. I've done Ghana for like 30 days. No questions asked. The uh, Benin for 30 days. No questions asked. And seven and eight. But... Having to break it to my kid, he was three, going to be four. Uh, he he took that one really, really hard, like mm -hmm. crying nonstop. I kind of took the wind out of my sails. All of a sudden, going to war is not really fun anymore. Right, right. So I started thinking, you know, I in Africa, because I had a room by myself because I was an E8. And yeah. a shared bathroom, another E8 on the other side who was approaching near 60. So he's like, yeah, I'm going to retire. I started thinking, what am I going to do? What's the next chapter of my life going to be? And I had been selling on, uh, selling crap on eBay just to mm -hmm. clear out the shed and was doing well with it. Yeah. And then I started buying stuff I'd find on clearance and yeah. putting that on. And apparently it has a name called retail arbitrage. Never freaking knew about it. And so I just buy odds and ends and sell them. And, you know, you buy something on clearance and you put it up for full retail and you get full retail. Yeah. Some of the times, not all the time, obviously. Right. And uh, so I was in Africa thinking about it. Like, hmm, maybe maybe this could work as a business. So I started doing a little research. And apparently there, there's a whole cluster of people on YouTube who talk about it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, show you tips and tricks and what they're doing and how they're doing. I'm like, why not me? So I didn't know where I wanted to focus because, you know, I have that attention span of a... <laughs> 
Well, none, really. <laughs> uh, so I was thinking toys and military gear, because I know a lot of both. Yeah. Uh, the military gear, there are so many companies out there that are producing their own stuff and selling their own stuff as really high quality. Yeah. A kind of a hard market to break into, not knowing anybody. I didn't see that that way with toys. It is the same way, but I talked myself into it that, yeah, I can do that one. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I I got my, well, I was sitting in my hooch. I got the the tax ID number and a few other things, got myself established, um, set up as, as an LLC. Okay. And um, placed my first order when I got back. I, I found a couple of distributors uh, who would take me on as a client and uh, started from there. Huh. And I don't like dealing with distributors, but um, there's Entertainment Earth. I got to give them props. Uh, I will never give them up as a cl- as a, a vendor because they were the first ones to give me a chance. Yeah. They're the first ones to be willing to sell to me knowing I'm an at-home operation in a brick-and-mortar or no brick-and-mortar facility, right. strictly online. Huh. So... Yeah, and uh, once I got the EIN and the tax and the state tax ID number, it opened up a whole bunch of doors for going to trade shows. Uh, so I started going to the trade shows, and things started sm- snowballing from there. Yeah. Now my the back room in my cellar looks like, you know, Sanford <laughs> some. I was going to ask you because you got all sorts of boxes back there. Is that all your business, basically? That's some of it. The rest is yeah. in a shed outside and in a solarium. Where all that light's coming through in there. Yeah. Wow, dude. Holy cow. So what is your, like, what brought you, you said you, you hinted a bit, you were into toys a bit. What really kind of brought you over to being like, okay, I want to really focus on these toys. Cause it's not just like toys you pick up now. They're antique collectible type items. They're absolutely. Yeah. I got amazing. some of those too. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, I, I still have that a, a little bit of picker in me and thrifter in me. So <laughs> You know, it's the the secondary market is a fantastic thing because not everybody can buy new, particularly the designer games or designer toys are damn expensive. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a have a soft vinyl toy. It's about yay yay tall. I have it listed for over five hundred bucks. Yeah, because it was one of a hundred made, and that's it. Really, but um, the the idea is, uh, they're affordable. Um, and you know, I, I've met with the right people, so there are no minimums. Uh, the comic book side's easy because people are always trying to dump comic books as long as you're not asking top dollar for them on the resale market. Yeah, somebody will buy it, right? Right, but it just the flow just seemed to naturally happen. Yeah, um, the, so- the, to- the toy, I. I'd say the toy retailers and wholesale, or excuse me, the toy wholesalers and distributors were more open to talk to me rather than the uh, military gear side. Huh. Right on. Now, yeah. now, these companies you're talking about, are they, like, where are they getting their products from? Uh, so. How does this cycle work? Okay, like, all right. <laughs> so, so one of the companies I deal with, Super 7. So my second bout at Toy Fair, I'm at the Super 7 booth, and uh, I'm looking at their products. I'm snapping a couple of pictures, and one of the guys sparks one of the guys sparks conversation up with me. I said, yeah, I've been buying your products for a little while, and he looks me up. He goes, we don't have an account for you. I'm like, no, I buy your products through a distributor. Mm-hmm. He goes, well, what do you think of them? I said, I love them. 
and I told him what I liked, and I said, I only had a problem with one item. And he asked what it was, and I told him the Bella Lugosi Dracula, when they came in, the bu- the plastic bubble was not glued to the card. I had a whole case of them like that, not, or uh, half case like that. Because yeah. I only ordered a dozen and not uh, two dozen. Or 18 and not 36. 36 make up a case usually on 3.75-inch action figures. So he made some notes on it, and uh, he typed some stuff on his computer. He goes, you got a business card? And I gave it to him, and he scanned it in. He goes, all right, you can buy from us now directly. We'll save you some money. Because when you buy through a distributor, so, you know, Super 7 deals directly with China. Uh Get the figures mass-produced over there. Mm Mm-hmm. They get imported in to their store in California, their warehouse, and then some go to their their site because they're also a retailer, and they mm-hmm. have retail outlets, and the others go to the wholesale community, which is people like me who buy and resell. Distributors also buy them as well in large quantities, add their markup on it, and then sell to people on the retail side. Okay. So... It's it just a matter of the profit margin side of it. No, so now I'm buying direct, so I get a bigger profit margin. Now, is there like an insurance that comes with this? Say if you do get a case in and they're not sealed properly, obviously that's a huge issue because a lot of these collectors are wanting sealed, I call, never been open. I make a phone call or send an email, and I either yeah. ship it back and get a replacement, or if it's if it's saleable still, they'll give me a uh, they'll knock a discount off. Oh, that's cool. Right on. Right on. I know that's there's always something damaged, not from Super Seven necessarily, but I have some some people I deal with. There's always one because they send it FedEx or UPS who aren't necessarily very gentle. So that box that's on the bottom or the corner, it'll get damaged. Now, is there is there something like same because like I'm thinking like coin collector world, um, the world where there's um, an, an imperfection on a coin that has been you know they've got produced so many but if they have that certain glitch or whatever that yes. came in the process is that same in the toy world with uh, yeah there uh, defects uh, that's more so with the vintage toys mm-hmm. uh, like I had picked up on a an estate sale a lot of 70s and 80s Star Wars action figures. One of them was uh, one of the characters, I think it's called Snaggletooth. Yeah, Snaggletooth. And when there was a limited edition set released from Sears that just had the, uh, from the Star Wars Episode Four: New Hope, the four Cantina characters, Hammerhead, Greedo, Snaggletooth, and something else. Well, they didn't have the actual prototype, so they made him 3.75 inches tall when he should be half that height. Oh. So they call it the infamous Blue Snaggletooth. Well, this thing I had, most of the color was worn off it. The joints were loose. It couldn't even stand on its own. Yeah. And uh, I put a put them up for auction on eBay and got 125 130 bucks for them Crap, because really? it is a defect. Wow. So uh, comic books have that too. Some comic books will have a defect. Super 7 actually uh, engineered a defect. So one of the, char- one of the characters they do is the... If you ever listen to punk rock, um, there's a band called the Misfits. Right. I'm a big Misfits fan. I mean, grew up listening to the Misfits. It was a skate punk and all that. Yeah. Um, so they do the Misfits Fiend. Okay. And the card is the Earth AD card. Now, when the album went to pressing back in the 80s, um, the second pressing, the second run that happened, there was an error in the thing. And the, one of the ghouls, the hair, the back color shone through. So it actually looked like a glow. 
So they did a one in ten. Look that up. One in ten error called the ghoul hair error. Yeah. And so I ordered a uh I ordered like two cases of it over a course of a couple of months. Got a couple of uh the ghoul hair errors and put them up for auction because everybody was asking for them. Huh. And they go, you know, the the average figure, the manufactured sticker, the, ma- the recommended price is like eighteen bucks. Uh, the ghoul hair ones, uh, the ghoul hair error goes to like ninety to a hundred. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Funko does the same thing with their pops. They release the limited editions and all that. And yeah. you know, the the originator of the whole thing was um, the error was, uh, or at least the collector side of it, were was tied with the whole Beanie Baby thing. Yeah. yeah. Dude, what you happened know, with those? When those stinking BB, Beanie Baby comes out, everybody was saying, oh, this one, this one, da-da-da. But I don't I don't hear anything of it. Is it still a monstrous no, market nope. for those things? Dead, dead market. Dead wow. market. You can't give them away. Wow. Uh, it's Sometimes you have to know when to get out of something. Uh, but yeah. Ty kept producing, kept producing, kept producing. That's why... Right. Now, this is, this is me, Anthony Ciotti's opinion. That's why baseball cards and comic books and... Uh, sports cards in general have all lost their value because they just started mass producing crossovers. Yeah. Uh, you know, you get the same player across seven different card decks. Yeah. Uh, the special, all the specialties, limited run, all this. They they saturate the market too much and it just bottoms it out. Mm. And then, of course, everybody started buying them to try and use it as their own personal retirement fund. Exactly. So people were hoarding. Yeah. Yeah. So that mil- say you know. 700,000 comic book run. I'm using arbitrary numbers here. People are buying them to hang on to them. They're not being read or destroyed and all that. So, you know, 10 years from now, there's still maybe 700,000 on the market. Yeah. Well, and do you think it's a lot of word of mouth just from the people? Do you think that people kind of screwed themselves on it where they were like, oh, yeah, this one's going to be worth. They kept saying it's going to be worth this, but going to be worth this. Of course, yes. Uh, But I was just like, you're ruining yourself. It's just like when a company is trying to do an IPO, you know, that word of mouth gets out that that stock is going to be worth X amount of money. Mm-hmm. And it, I, gl- I glibly compare, you know, a company going public versus, uh, you know, a Star Wars episode one or Star Wars right. one first season comic book issue one. God, what is what would that be worth? Uh, great. Uh, in raw form. I've seen it a couple hundred dollars. People oh, ask for it. It doesn't mean they're getting it. Yeah, yeah. I've seen graded comics for sale for seven, eight thousand uh, dollars. Not just necessarily the Star Wars one, but yeah. I mean, Dude, but that's those, crazy, they, man. Yeah, I, I used to be big into comic books all the time, and I had, I had like the, it was like the very first one when like it was. I think it was when Aliens came out. They had the very first. I forgot who the name of the company was. It's like Dark Horse. I yeah, think, Dark Horse the, Comics. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was the it was the very first one had in the plan. I did crack it like once, but I like held on to it forever. And I saw because uh, I've got Raven Retro Games that I need to get you in contact with. Yeah, then, I saw them. Yeah, and uh, we're looking them up. A comic book was worth like seven eight hundred bucks. I was like, dude, what the hell did I do with that thing? Who knows? Maybe it's in a box somewhere. But yeah, yeah I, I had, had a couple uh, good ones. I had to deal with a, a comic book comic book issue this morning. Uh, I had a customer in England. Uh, buy five or six comic books off me, all Star Wars. Mm-hmm. So I bundled them up, sent it to him. He got them. Well, the Star Wars issue three was a reprint. So I go back. I'm looking, and I'm like, I know I had one of each. I had the first printing and a uh, 
a reprint, a diamond reprint. Yeah. So I go look through my sales records and I sold one back in April. Yeah. I think I sent him the first printing because he bought the reprint. Yeah. And he's not going to say, hey, you sent me the wrong one. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, look, I don't know what to do. I can give you a credit a discount off the next purchase or I can re I sold it for nine seventy five. I can refund you the difference. Yeah. He's like, well, shipping to England is pretty expensive and they tax the hell out of them, their people. Oh, yeah. So it's like, can you just refund me the difference? It was $10.25 difference. Yeah. Because uh, I, I, the reprint went for nine seventy five. The um, We made a deal on the issue one for 20 bucks because he was buying a bunch of other comics. Right. So I'm less than a dollar into each comic. So yeah. it, it's it's found money either way. Right. Right. And I got right. a guy who asked me, as a matter of fact, a guy, another guy in England, this I don't know if you get hey, this one. Funny, it's called Aliens. Um, <laughs> Alien Music of the Spears. Yeah. He wants to know, does it have any tick marks on the corner? Ask me a list of questions. I My first thought is, dude, it's a $7 comic book. Yeah, yeah. Are, are you really? It, and it's raw. It's not graded. It's not in a book. I'm Because I, I indicate my listing. Got it raw. It, it wasn't boarded in a bag when I got it. I did that. So... But, you know, and he's like, and I need to know ASAP. I'll answer his questions eventually when yeah. we get to him. I mean, it's. <laughs> well, how's your how's your wife dealing with this stuff? And then oh, she drives her nuts. <laughs> and then she comes down, stuff... she, it, oh, go ahead. It's see, seeing the cellar the way it is, seeing the basement the way it is. She's just like, oh, God, it drives me nuts. <laughs> I hear you. I'm so, sitting... <laughs> so I, I got to move stuff out. I've had enough that uh, stored in the shed to know what is heat and cold sensitive and what is not. Because uh, uh, I don't want things damaged because that's just lost money. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So you know the boxes of board games can go out there as long as uh, I just store them correctly because I got to make you know. But there's so much crap in the shed right now. I have to. Because of the winter time, and I was just running in, grabbing stuff, coming out. I have to put some kind of. I don't have a good inventory management system. <laughs> so sometimes it's like an Easter egg hunt. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like I uh, to find this this alien comic book because my comics are not in alphabetical order because yeah. I'm you know a jackass. <laughs> uh, I, I had to sift through three boxes of about a hundred each. I don't have a whole lot of comics, and my yeah. goal is to get them all listed during this covid crisis yeah uh, so I, I i draft listings uh at night and then at work on my because i i still go to the base every day because i'm essential personnel mm -hmm. i'm on the covid 19 task force mm -hmm. on my lunch hour i photograph them yeah and then list them on my and then add the photographs on my uh, phone and boom fire away done done right on right on right, so and my timeline is if a year goes by and I still have some of them. That's when I take them down, bundle them up. Hey, look at this. You know, a buck a comic. Here's 30. Yeah, yeah. Is there is there any <laughs> was there any items that your son comes down? It's like, hey, can we keep hold on to that one? Uh yes. My all right, this is gonna sound weird. My step stepdaughter. Mm -hmm. So my wife was married prior. Okay. And she had a step and her ex-husband was married prior. Okay. So he had a daughter and my wife raised her. So considers her, her firstborn, oh, even though cool. not by, and she looks at me as a father figure. Wow, dude, that's really cool. So her and her mother were at a yard sale and said, uh, 
started sending me pictures to or to my wife, and she's, she's like, "Hey, do you want any of this stuff?" So I got on the phone. I'm like, "What is that?" Yeah, get that, get that, get that. And the one things he wanted were the wrestlers. Yeah, the like the good ones. Yeah, there was. I let him take all the duplicates after yeah. I cleaned them, <laughs> and then all the all. Then when I had the singles, I, I'm not going to research each wrestler. I just yeah. put it up there, like 30 of them. I put them up at a lot, 75 bucks, plus the cost yeah. of shipping. Yeah, and they sold in like 72 hours. Holy They're cow. good. They're all gone. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. What's one of the items that you have sold that has been like the most meaningful? I guess hardest one that you've had to kind of um, get rid of that you really didn't want to, if you have one. Uh, oh, I have to think about that one. I've, I've <laughs> had, uh, there, there's a few I, it was trouble parting with. Yeah. Uh, but it, some of the Godzilla figures. Really? Yeah. Like, I'm a Star Wars geek at heart, but, uh, yeah. you know, I grew up with Godzilla, giant yeah. Japanese rubbery monsters. Uh, I was just started getting into the Safubi uh toys okay yeah see uh, so, you need to get with jeff with raven retro games because he starts talking about godzilla and it's it's game over your yeah. your, your day's done but <laughs> the craziest thing i i had the one that me the sale i'm most proud of is a crazy thing because i buy on i buy on government auction periodically and uh you know like i, I got a, a case of wireless bluetooth cat card readers so all you do is slide your card in it and you could tether it to your gov. Yeah. Well, about three, four months after I bought them, DISA disallowed Bluetooth connectivity. Uh-huh. So I'm like, I don't know what to do with these. So you can connect them to your phone, your personal phone, if you got the smarts to do it. I don't, or your personal computer. Mm. But one of the things I bought was a, a backup battery for a computer network. It was in Jersey. So I drive up to Kenilworth to get it. And uh, I show the paperwork. And this dude's like, all right, hold on, let me, well, I got to get the forklift. I'm like, how big is this thing? I'm so used to seeing uh, the backup batteries are like that big for yeah, individual yeah. computer. I used to have them under the desk in case of a blackout. Yeah. This thing's on its own pallet in a box, weighs 170 pounds or 130 pounds by itself. Holy crap. So he forks lifted into my truck and I tailgated in and signed the paperwork and go. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> I bought it because... I got it for like $345. I didn't have to pay any shipping. Yeah. And uh, at a retail value of $1,100. Wow. So, it sat in my truck for a couple of years. Because I couldn't <laughs> get it out. <laughs> through the winter, through the summer. And oh, these are lead-acid batteries. I'm lucky they didn't ah. them. <laughs> so, two years ago... Uh, in the summer, I get a guy pinging me with questions on it. So I answer his questions, and he buys it. Full retail, no discount, 1100 plus 250 to ship it. Yeah. I said, I got to make coordination with uh, U-Ship uh, and do it. So I pinged U-Ship, took a day off of work, and they were supposed to be at my house. And they never showed up in the morning. So they're like, hey, we got to reschedule. I'm like, uh, no, we don't. Cancel the order. I can't take another day off and the customer's waiting on the thing. So I'm looking at it. The place was only 12. Strangely enough, the place was 12 miles from my house. Oh, really? So I'm like, screw it. I drove it over there. Yeah. It was yeah, still yeah. my truck. So I went to the front gate. I showed the, the, the form. She made a phone call at the reception desk. 
and this this factory, this company was huge. So I, I wheeled it around. She told me the gate will be open and to use um, use this gate. So um, I went in. I met who I had to. He's like, okay, it's in a regular truck. Use that gate because they had a lower gate for pickups and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I backed my avalanche up, dropped the tailgate, took the cover off. They brought the forklift up, lifted it right up. And I had bought cling wrap. I sealed it up. I made everything look nice and pretty. Yeah. He told the driver, he goes, take it right to refurb. He signed off on it. And I had $1,350 down. Wow. I'm like, hell yeah. Yeah. Like, but those things don't happen a lot. Yeah. You know, uh, I bought a lot of uh, video games um, once as a part of like a giant estate sale, online estate sale. Yeah. And in there was a little handheld, uh, about that big, Mario Brothers game. It came out 90s. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's like, let's put a stupid high price on it. And that's what it went for. It went over 100 bucks. Dude, those things are gold, man. The video game world, that's a whole yeah. different ball game. They were, Jeff was telling me, there was... Um, there's some system that came out. I don't know what the heck it was called. It was back when Nintendo and all those other ones were coming out. But there's games that are going for seventy to ninety thousand dollars with this this system. I, some wolf thing or something. I don't I don't remember. But um, that's a whole different beast. Whole yeah, different beast. I, I I dip into it, but every time you see video games, most of the time people are selling bundles of them on all that second hand on the second hand market. They're usually yeah. cherry picked. Yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, unless there's a, uh, you know, or it's just a ton of sports games because mm-hmm. they put so many sports games out, they're all worthless, except for NCAA football 2010. Why 2010? That was the last year the NCAA contract oh, was with that's the right. That's right. Huh. Right on. And yeah. Tiger Woods golf bring about five, ten, fifteen dollars. Yeah. But depending those... on the condition. Yeah. Now, is there you had, you had mentioned a bit of like is there like toy conventions that's there's like I know everybody knows of these um, like Comic Con things and all yes. that I'm sure these are mixed in with it a little bit but is yeah. there their own dedicated stuff? There are I go to um, a lot of the conventions Comic Con and all that. Uh, I, I took my son to something called ZoloCon, which was out in Philadelphia this year, and it was um, it was at a place where NASA used to. And NASA had a big centrifuge where they put astronauts in and pilots in and they spin the thing around. Oh, right, right. So uh, it's everyone there. It's mostly retail people selling their stuff at retail prices. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are a few collectors there. Uh, there are a few people who are underpriced, you know, and or people I was able to talk down. Uh, I met a company called One Day West Games who their games are fresh off of Kickstarter. Uh, we're negotiating back and forth for a couple of their games. Oh, that's cool. Uh, really nice guys. But I bought their games at regular retail and so we can play. Like, what are these playing on? Like, computer or something? Or? No, no, board games. Oh, I got you. Oh. And cool. uh, so, you know, you'll see people with their walls of Funko Pops and and their action figures and all that. And it, <laughs> just make sure it's not... <laughs> I thought ringtone's perfect for you. Yeah, just make sure it wasn't my boss. You know, because you know some crisis happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, but 
for me, it's the trade shows uh, like um, Toy Fair. Uh, Toy Fair, you can't get in unless you're a business. So uh, and that's, wh- that's where my bread and butter is. That's where I pre-book a lot of my orders for the year because uh, you get to see what's coming out over the next 12 months and what's yeah. already out. Yeah. So like, I'll take this, I'll take this, give me a case of these, two cases of these, three cases of these. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, and, uh, there's, a, a a licensing expo in Vegas. I want to go to one year cause I want to learn how to license my own stuff. Oh. The end state is I want I'd like to transition one day from being a retailer to get this yeah. to the point of where it is its own company. Oh, yeah. Where to sell to people like me. Yeah. So, you know, I've been trying to come up with my own action figures, something that hasn't been done before, or, or, you know, trying to break into that market. Yeah. There's a whole learning curve, which I got a lot of time to do, so. Um, So... Is that meaning investments into like the three three D printer type things, or would Maybe. you be? Your wife's gonna love that. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> Dude, I got I got a guy. It's funny. Funny you mentioned three D printing. Um, one of my liquidators, and I I noticed at one of the convent at when I was at ZoloCon, uh, one of the things that people do they're three D printing their own junk. Mm-hmm. Uh. No license to do it, no nothing. Just going ahead, mm-hmm. and making it, selling it at these conventions. Uh, like, hmm. so I deal with a liquidator out in uh, Lindhurst, New Jersey, and uh, I will occasionally buy toys from him mm-hmm. um, if they're new. Uh, some computer peripherals like uh, gaming mice, gaming headphones. Okay. Uh, one of the things they had, I decided to dabble in is. Um, 3D printer ink filament or a 3D printer filament. So it's the reloads right. for your, your 3D printer. Right. So I'm like, all right, let me try very light because they had a special make an offer on items. I guess it's stuff to try and turf out. Well, there were 13 in the natural color. So it's basically white or neutral and you can paint or do whatever you want to it. Yeah. And I was like, all right, uh, the retail market uh, is about $55 per cartridge. Like, I'll give you $2.50 each. Mm-hmm. I'll take them all right now. Yeah. It's only 13 of them, but, and uh, I bid on, I put offers in on a few other things and they took them all. I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah. So yeah. I put it up and only sold one so far, but mm-hmm. the damn things are heavy. Yeah. So they yeah, got a like- priority mail. You know, one of my buddies here that does that and he makes, he makes, um, like figures for board games and, and like, um, characters for like, for people that, you know, there's like the model train world. He'll make yeah. stuff for that. But then there's people that, that make, um, like same thing as the model train world, but, um, they'll recreate, um, like battles, like from way back okay. in the day. So like Gettysburg and stuff like that. So he'll create these little figures and he'll paint them and do everything. But, I mean, literally thousands of these things, and I'm like, "Holy crap, dude!" Um, yeah, it's 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 pretty cool, but it's it's um that's what I I love about doing this stuff because there's worlds out there with people that are that I have no idea that are about whatsoever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, I was thinking, oh, 3D printers, I can remake the old Star Wars figures, accessories that everyone loses. 
and and then I, I look around. It turns out a whole bunch of people are doing it. So you know, it's like discovering your own backyard. Does that does what issues comes up with copyright with that stuff though? Most of them are, are they don't have a copyright to do it. I okay. mean, trying to get copyright from LucasArts and now Disney. Oh no. I, yeah, I heard. Well, even my woodworkers, dude. They anything that they're trying to do. Um, one of them was trying to do. Um, it was a thing for like a local hospital. He was gonna just do some cutouts with laser engraving, so the kids right. could color a piece of wood with that was a, some Disney princess. And Disney's, Disney's like, no, 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 no. Which I, yeah. I get it. They got to be protective of their stuff. But when know. the Mandalorian came out, all the crafters and stuff made uh, the little. The, the foundling everyone calls the baby Yoda mm-hmm. and they were they were all over Etsy Disney's legal team smashed it down oh dude yeah it's crazy Disney's very but I I get where they're coming from on yeah, it obviously of I get but you gotta protect your brand a, right give them give them a little bit of an eye um but yeah dude I I actually finally watched the Mandalorian I caught up with everybody and I finally watched it the other day so pretty no, good. i'm still behind schedule i just oh, haven't had good. time dude it's it's actually really good and i even told my wife because my wife's not too big i i could watch star wars freaking all day long well the good star wars movies not the crap ones but um <laughs> yeah, yeah episode one, two, Phantom and, Menace and all that yes. yeah can, oh my god once it came out in the 90s what sucked is they came out i was in italy and the one came out so everybody was talking about it this new star wars so i went and bought it and you know at the time i was like what e two e3 sometimes i didn't have all that money to be spending on a, on a brand new movie necessarily but um anyways i bought it and i 15 minutes into it, i'm like the hell is this like this is garbage so i i i yeah not a fan but um where was i going with that yeah that that mandalorian's good though man i i actually really like it so um, what was I gonna say? Where do you where do you see this business going in the future? Like uh, when you're when you hang up the uniform for the last time, is this something that you really wanted that yes. you want to be going? Yeah, when know? I walk away from the army, I'm walking away. So you like uh, brick and mortar store going with it? Uh, going no, on? maybe not. A, maybe not a retail. Uh, purely, I'd like to get a um, get some warehouse space. Yeah. Um, have an office in it, a gym, a shower, a little bed if I'm going to take a nap because you never know, you know, because it's mine. Like, sorry, and, babe, uh, I'm working late. <laughs> or, or, you know, we always joke around when it when it's time to pull up chocks and leave New Jersey. So because yeah. New Jersey taxes your pensions. Yeah. Uh, like to go out uh, near Nashville. Yeah. Put up a big forty by a hundred foot pole barn, uh, steel building. Get it insulated, run power to it, climate control, put, get a, put the warehouse in there. Get a stinking, get one of them new Tesla Tesla semi-trucks with the whole thing and just take the, put the whole storage portion on the back. Just make it shelves and you can have a mobile tactics to toys uh, traveling <laughs> yeah. business. I like, because I like going in and like, honestly, I don't purchase them because I know they would just sit and I'd collect junk, but I love going to old stores. I even sent you pictures of stuff, like when I, if I'll go mm-hmm. to one and I'll be like, Anthony, look at this. Um, but I love looking at that old things. It brings back so many memories of, of kids stuff, you know? And yeah, it's, it's nostalgic. It's mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. But there, there are people who are collectors, uh, like they're diehard collectors, you know, it's, 
they I get messages on Instagram or they start following me and it's one is just I've been on Instagram since 2012 showing off my Star Wars collection. This guy's got rooms and rooms and rooms of Star Wars items. Yeah. And, and I, I don't know where he gets his money. Maybe he's got a decent set of knee pads to turn tricks on the side. You know? <laughs> but he's got prop replicas and full-size replicas. I'm like, good Lord. Or he's yeah. just independently wealthy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. It, it's it's funny because that other gentleman I told you about um, that, was, that was making the figurines and stuff. Because then they have all this... It's a Japanese anime thing with some robots. Okay. And he's got a room full of these things. I'm sure if I showed you a picture, you'd know exactly what I was talking about. But I'm like, look at it. And I'm like, dude, I could buy a brand new Ford Raptor for the value of all these toys and all the money that you yeah, put in. You know? Yeah, that's, that's what they want to do. You know, and I, that's all, I'm all for it. That's freaking cool, man. So it's fun. It just pisses me off that I've lost or damaged toys back when I was a kid, because nowadays, I mean, from the um, uh, Thundercat stuff to uh -huh. doing G.I. Joe stuff to, oh my gosh, those G.I. Joes go like crazy. Yeah, so. I actually have G.I. Joes coming in soon. Oh, really? Hasbro, yeah. Now, companies like Hasbro, Mattel, you know, I'm not even, I don't even rate enough to walk into their booth at, toy, at, the, mm -hmm. at the Toy Fair. I start, because they have a reception desk, yeah. a temporary uh, a temporary reception desk, and then a doorway with a wall behind the doorway. So you have to go around the reception desk, through, and then around that so you can't see what they have up. Yeah. And if you don't have an appointment, you don't get in. <coughs> and I, can't, yeah. I couldn't even get an appointment if I tried. Who's, it's all who you know, man. We need to make some connections it's, here. I'm not a, I don't have, you know, these these buyers who go there, they got cash as long as train smoke. Cause they got like target or Walmart backing them up. Yeah. You know, or toys R us before toys R us, you know, screwed themselves. Yeah. Dude, that's great. But this is another, I'm glad you kind of brought that up because it sucks for, I would hate being a parent right now. If you're looking for kids toys, cause I always like going down. I love bringing them to toys R us and mm -hmm. let them go to town on it. I love being there too. But now it's like, no, they got like this small selection at like Target or Walmart, and that's it. Everything's like online. But then, you know, I like seeing stuff like yours where there's a whole different variety and not this picked crap that the stores are just wanting to sell. Yeah. Um, like down at down at Jeff's, I keep bringing him up again, but Raven Retro Games. I mean, he's got. I think I told you he's got an old um, Poltergeist. I forgot her name. Um, Blair. Linda Blair. Blair. Yeah. Oh, she no, no, like, not Linda or, Blair was, uh, or wait, Exorcist. It was Exorcist. Yeah, sorry. It was Exorcist, Linda Blair. And she, there was a toy action figurine where she's in the bed with their freaking rotating head on, and it's yeah. autographed. And I was like, oh, that's my cool. gosh, dude, that's so cool. Yeah, but there's so many of those things that um, I love seeing. But, you know, bringing something, I would love to get my kids something like an old toy that I had back in the day and. Well, now they're too old for it, but I would have yeah. loved to shop with you and, and get something that brought back yeah, not it, only memories for me, but they can make memories with. Most of the stuff I have, it's like my target audience are, are, are adults. Okay. Yeah. Adult I was going to ask you about that. Is that mainly your thing there? Or? Yeah. Particularly with, uh, particularly with um, the um, Super 7 figures mm -hmm. and the um, – because, you know uh, – one of my best, two of my best sellers where I sold out, actually three best sellers, I sold out within a week of getting them. Besides the um, 
actually, Jesus, I had a few that were like that. One was uh, a 3.75 inch version of the My Pet Monster from the 80s. As a stuffed animal, big. Oh, okay. Yes. Uh, the other one was uh, King Diamond, who was the lead singer of Merciful Fate. He's a big Merciful Fate fan, so I had to buy. And let me tell you, he's, I, I bought 36 of them. I bought a pure case. Sold out in a week. Had to order another one. Sold out of that. The Slayer mascot, the goat head, the Baphomet goat head guy. Yeah, dude. Sold out. Of, I'm a Slayer fan as well, so I was like, I got to buy that. Sold out of that fast. Um, and, uh, what was the other one? Oh, the agnostic front mascot from the eliminator album. It looked like a bull's head on a human body, almost like a minotaur, but hmm. now, do you get, do you get, cause I know like, um, oh my gosh, not Slayer. Um, like anthrax. Um, it was the other one that's got the stinking figurines of all their stuff out of England. It's the anthrax. Anthrax out of New York. No, it's it's um Iron Maiden. Oh yeah. I I carried yes. their line for a while until yeah. they stopped making them. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Super Super Seven made them uh oh, the really? three 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 and three quarter inch figure, three point seven five inch. Yeah. And then it stopped. Now they're re releasing them, but with a different card. Oh really? That, yes. Huh. And that's that's the the big I guess that's where the uh the learning curve goes in. Um, it's knowing when to not reorder. Yeah. Uh, like the uh, the agnostic front figures. I went through 36 of them in less than 10 days. I ordered another 36 or 24. I forget what I did. Yeah. But now everybody's got them because I was one of the first people to put them on the market. Uh, uh, I pre-ordered and I pre-ordered as soon as I saw it. Yeah. So my order was filled in like the first few orders. So I had it before everybody else was getting as they were getting it. So it went quick. Yeah, uh, oh, that's freaking cool, dude. And it's it's a matter of knowing if the is the market is saturated. I got with the with that I got because I was making twelve or thirteen dollar profit per figure because I mm. I upcharged because I was offering free shipping with it. Yeah, and uh, they were just going going going. I couldn't keep up with it. Yeah, you know the same with Slayer. But luckily with Slayer, I was like, ah, I'm going to hold off on ordering. It was near Christmas time. Who's going to order a Baphomet figure Christmas time? You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's why I just saw Slayer a couple months ago before this whole thing went down. Slayer, Primus, Ministry. Who else was there? I was, um, what's his name from Pantera? His new band, um, Paul. Oh, okay. Phil, Phil Helmuth. And it's called like the, I don't know. It's, it's a weird band. But they just play Slayer or Pantera. But it was cool seeing Slayer, man, because they're not... I like their music, but they're not somebody I go and buy their album, you know. Yeah. But, dude, seeing them in concert, man, they're legends. So it was it was super cool. Primus too. Primus was. Oh yeah, Les Claypool. Dude, only two people in Primus. I thought I thought um or no sorry three. I thought they had more. I was like holy crap, nope. dude. Yeah, Drum I had no guitar. idea. Unless yeah. sings. Yeah, it was nuts. So, anyway, yeah, I saw Slayer a few years ago at some big festival in the stadium in Philly. At two yeah. stages going at the same time, and uh, like the main the main act was Ghost. Okay, which was a really cool band. I actually got carried a Ghost action figure for a while. I've got a, I got a pre order in for uh, another half case. <laughs> and uh, the Papa Emeritus the third, the guy who wears all the makeup. Yeah, and a lot of those go to Europe. Oh, okay, yeah, 
Right on. That's cool. Yeah, I'll start. I'll start talking chat with you with freaking metal bands forever. But yeah. oh yeah, it's <laughs> well, dude. Um, yeah. Well, real quick, man, because yeah, we've been talking for a bit. But if anybody's still tuning in, give a shout out with um where to find you at, where they can go find all your stuff, brother. Okay. Uh, you find me online at tacticstotoys.com, uh, the number two. Mm-hmm. And that, that's it. That's, I also have a shop on eBay and a shop on Amazon of the same name. Uh, uh, eBay one is where I got all the, the vintage. I got all the new stuff there, too, but I got to charge more because eBay and PayPal like uh, to dip in your pocket. Right. Uh, or you can shop on my site and get some of the... The latest and greatest stuff that's coming out, uh, or read the blog whenever I keep up on it. Uh, <laughs> or and uh, hang on, can't remember the email address I use for the the group mailbox. <laughs> and it's uh, hello underscore toy underscore fan at tacticsoftoys.com. Oh, that's funny. I got to figure out a way to make that shorter, <laughs> uh, or something. But it's on a business card already, so. <laughs> oh, quick backtrack real quick. First yeah. my first time at Toy Fair, uh, I forgot my business cards. Uh-huh. Second Toy Fair, I'm there and uh I get a call about a month later from one of my vendor, one of the vendors I picked up. He's like, Hey Anthony, um now he and I had a bond, his son's in was in uh is in the army, he's in Afghanistan right now, actually. Yeah. I said, um, I've been trying to get a hold of you. I'm like, you could have emailed me too. He goes, Um, well, your the phone number on your business card is wrong. Yeah. Say hi. Hi. <laughs> What's up, buddy? Yeah, go ahead. Um, he goes, the phone number on your business card is wrong. I'm like, I can't really fire my printer because it's my stepdaughter. <laughs> so I got new cards made, and and she made a banner for me and all that other good stuff. Oh, that's and, cool. Right but uh, yeah, tacticsandtoys.com. Uh, it, it doesn't. It, the site is just kind of there. It doesn't get a lot of traffic driven to it yet. I'm still working the marketing piece. It's hard to do it on a shoestring budget. Yeah, yeah. And uh and particularly when I do everything myself, the uh, website design, build, adjustments, add inventory, take away inventory. You know, you got it juggling a lot of balls at once. You got to figure out which ones are glass, which ones are rubber, and you, which yeah. ones you can let go of. No, I hear you, brother. You know that's what we're all about and I'm um you know cuz you're in the VRV happy hours and stuff and we were just talking about that was it last week or the week before but we were talking about SEO stuff with um you know getting traffic to websites and all that but yeah, that's what we're here for is to help each other out. So you can always yeah. reach out to me or you know these other guys are way more knowledgeable cuz I don't know half this crap. May look yeah, like it um, but I'm just... Look, I'm building the airplane as I fly it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. Oh, Anthony, man. Well, dude, I, I seriously, I love what you're doing. And I want to bring it back to you, man. I think that is absolutely incredible that you're doing the father figure role for the step, step daughter, dude. So I just She's think thank you for doing that. Man, you, that's freaking awesome, brother. That's that's awesome. That's um, good parents mean a lot to me, man. So that's that's really awesome. So, um, well, right on. Well, dude, I love it. I love seeing every time you're putting up a post, I'm always excited to see what you got next in your inventory. So, yeah, I got to come up with um, something that's got to – I got to – I find these little odds and ends here and there. I'm like, oh, shit, I forgot I had that. Like <laughs> I said, I got to do better with inventory management. I just can't keep bringing shit in and, like, I'll get around to listing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, but it's good, man. I love it. So, um, yeah, anybody listening that's interested in, in these collectible items, go and check them out, man. They're really good. Yeah. And I, um, I turn them future collectibles because they don't necessarily have value now. Yeah. They may not have any value in the future, <laughs> but 
you never know. In the no. meantime, just just enjoy them. Hundred percent correct, dude. You absolutely never know, and that's really what it's all about—is just enjoying them. So that's cool. So right on, Anthony. Well, we gotta be, get out of here and sign out. Right. So um, yeah, really good chat with you, and of course, I'll be seeing you on Thursday. So yep. I go all back right, to my man. day job now. Yeah. All right, man. Well, you have a good one, brother. All right. Thank you for supporting businesses listed on the VRB. You can find this business and other vetted businesses and nonprofits at veteransreferringveterans.com. The listings on the website have been personalized with product photos and direct contact information. Thank you again for your support.